So I guess uh, that is a uh, seminar-sounding um, uh, introductory uh, musical theme to what we now call this uh, segment. It is News Seminar. Uh, most of our longtime listeners know that Professor Choi Young graciously donates her time uh, to joining us on a Thursday to discuss some of the more pressing issues of the day, giving her analysis, and she is now going to be our News Seminar panelist officially. Uh, Professor Joe, thank you very much for joining us. Good morning. It all sounds very (laughs) academic and formal. (laughs) No, I know, because seminar kind of connotates, oh, something kind of dry and long and... Kind of lectury, but that's not the case because uh, you are, of course, a very eloquent and and uh, vibrant speaker. And so, uh, thank you. We, we belie <laughs> that uh, stereotype here. We're going to talk about something I feel is very um, interesting and exciting, in the sense that today is really sort of the D Day for um, a couple of major events. First of all, uh, which we'll talk about the disciplinary hearing, and also, as we've noted, the National Assembly is going to be expected to pass the revision to the Kongsucha Law, which will now allow finally a uh, committee head to be named for the president to appoint so that we can get this uh, committee officially started. We expect, yes. We we expect, (laughs) we expect. So let's talk about the disciplinary meeting right now because Uh, we have TV screens here in the studio, and they've been tracking uh, through the news channel sort of uh, what's been going on. Looks like Yoon Seo-gyo himself personally will not be uh, appearing uh, at this uh, panel hearing. He is going to be represented by his lawyers. Uh, if you have been, as you've been observing this, um, we know that they've been kind of battling over procedural aspects of this uh, case, uh, the idea of disclosing the, the names of the, the uh, disciplinary hearing committee members, which is an unprecedented sort of situation here. Mm, it's usually not disclosed. Right, right. right. So what, overall, how, how would you prognosticate this? What kind of conclusions do you think the meeting will bring forward? Well, we may not have a, a conclusion at all today yeah. uh, because um, for a couple of reasons. So first of all, uh, Yun Song yeol has already indicated that uh, he uh, intends to call witnesses before the disciplinary committee. So he himself is not going to appear. And it's not usual that the accused person would actually appear before the disciplinary committee in the first meeting. Um, and so... If the committee accepts uh, witness requests and the rec- witnesses then uh, actually appear and provide testimony, evidence, um, and then the committee mulls over it, etc., it, it might take some time. And second thing is that uh, Yoon has already uh, said that he is going to challenge some of the committee members. But so far, we only know of one person, uh, the recently appointed uh, deputy minister, Lee Young-gu, right? So... Um, we don't know who the other six or five members of the committee will be. And so uh, Yun's side will only be able to actually mount a challenge once they are there today and find out, find out who the committee members are. But, um, you know, we come back to the constitutional uh, court challenge that they've also uh, initi- initiated, which is before the constitutional court, arguing that this... Uh, um, disciplining of prosecutors act itself is uh, is unconstitutional because it vests all the power of appointment of this disciplinary committee members in the justice minister but uh, we've just seen how the US Supreme Court didn't really you know deliver the verdict that President Trump wanted sure, in terms sure. of the, the Pennsylvania vote counting um, and it's not necessarily that just because you appoint somebody uh, they're going to do their bidding. We are seeing this in Yun's case as well. And so uh, these two things are obviously going to take uh, take up a lot of time of the committee. And um, we actually have a, 
uh, a past president um, in Yoon's case, precisely seven years ago when he was before the disciplinary committee uh, uh, again, I mean, not again, at the time, um, for disobeying an order with regard to a case that he was investigating. You're talking it about was, the NIS, uh, exactly, the, uh, the NS, NS, online comments campaign. Yes, right. uh, un- undue inter- or unlawful interference with election right. uh, case. And he was in- investigating NIS's involvement. And I think he was basically told not to pursue certain line of inquiry and he uh, didn't follow that. And so he was actually disciplined at the time and he was given one month, but... Uh, the committee back then refused all requests for these witnesses and and so forth. But given that President Moon himself has specifically said that procedural fairness and justice is important and there shouldn't be any blemish on the process itself, I think today's committee will the, the committee uh, today will uh, take this very seriously and probably even bend over backwards to make sure that it doesn't okay. appear to be any kind of bias towards Yun. Yeah, so um, if we can, I, I guess, cautiously kind of read out your predictions to this is, you do not believe the final decision will be made today. There will be some accommodation to some of the uh, requests made to Yun uh, in the issue and the optics of making sure that, uh, uh, at least from the side that the pro-reform side saying, we, we gave every kind of opportunity to have a fair and balanced uh, procedural look into this case. The I see from the notes that ultimately, uh, whether the decision is made today or they're going to give a little bit more time to accommodate those requests, you feel that it's not um, termination does not seem to be the lightly outcome. You think it's going to be maybe threading a middle line and maybe suspension, perhaps to the remainder of the months remaining in uh, Yoon Sakyo's term seems to be the likely outcome. Right. That's my that's my personal view. Right. Uh, but. You know, Chu is probably angling for the uh, the strongest possible the termination, discipline. Um, yeah, result, yes. <laughs> termination. So we have about five different options uh, that the committee uh, can decide on. You know, first is warning, which is the lightest uh, of, of them all, and and committee itself can simply uh, make this uh, action rather than having to refer this then to the president. Um, but Obviously, I don't think that they're going to go down that path, not after all this uh, brouhaha. I mean, it wouldn't have started if the it was The backlash from the ruling party side and supporters would oh, be completely. huge. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we, we've got um, what uh, sort of um, uh, reduction of salary or actually, you know, suspending payment of salary for, you know, a couple of months. Mm. Again, I don't think that's going to be the outcome. Um, the remaining three are the more serious uh, actions. Um, so suspension from duty, removal from office, and final dismissal. Um, the difference is obviously suspend, being suspended. I mean, it's limited to one to six months only, uh, and you can resume your duties after that. Um, being removed from office is, would mean that he would actually no longer be the the head of um, prosecution office, but he will still remain a prosecutor, whereas dismissal would mean that he would actually be dismissed from the prosecution force altogether, right? So um, I, having sort of looked at the past cases of disciplinary action against prosecutors, uh, these kind of serious actions were taken only in those um, sort of corruption or bribery uh, cases where there was, uh, you know, evidence that prosecutors had taken bribes uh, um, 
and and sort of you know made a decision on that basis, or uh, sexual harassment and and those kind of things. Um, now suspension has uh, had occurred in Yoon's case before for refusing to comply with an order, and at the crux of this char these charges, the, the six charges against um, Yoon. Uh, one of the more serious is that he basically went against the, the uh, minister's, you know, direct um, directions in terms of uh, what not to do, right? Um, and so there's that. But uh, there is still a possibility that more uh, serious discipline could be taken against him, uh, removing from being removed from the office or even being dismissed. Um, but I think that would very much depend on what evidence there is with regard to yeah. the surveillance of judges. I think that's probably the Talk most. about that then, because mm. uh, the Justice Ministry yesterday expressed some disappointment that the Supreme Prosecutor's Office, who they are suspecting now is kind of being uh, influenced by Yoon because his duties have resumed uh, for referring it to the Seoul High Prosecution Office, and mm. they found that to be very problematic. Um, in terms of that, because that seems to be the most serious charge being leveled at him as it stands right now uh, with, with uh, what we're seeing, because that would actually, um, if, if pro proven true, would actually that, be an that illegal would actually act, merit, right? Yeah. yeah, that would merit dismissal, I think, yeah. So um, in terms of that, uh, do, do you feel that that is an ongoing battle that will... Um, outside of the auspices of the disciplinary committee still be something that's going to be waged uh, going forward, right? I, I believe so, uh, because it is a very serious charge. And even though uh, the, the meeting uh, of the judges' representatives actually decided not to, you know, sort of discuss that particular issue for the fear of influencing these ongoing cases, the fact that they actually... Um, uh, stayed it is essentially stayed the discussion of the issue actually shows that they are taking this seriously. If it had been, um, you know, if there had been no merit in the mm. case at all, mm. I think they would have actually come and uh, come out and said it. But um, I think there is something that they felt that that wasn't quite right uh, that needs to be taken seriously and looked into further, and which is why they've basically chosen to reserve their judgment um, pending these you know, ongoing cases. Yeah. And secondly, um, the, the problem is, uh, you know, this could actually really undermine uh, not just the independence of judiciary, but the, the, the whole perception of the judicial system. And so it is a very uh, serious charge. And the, uh, the disciplinary committee's um, conclusion may very well depend on what we, what we may not have yeah. actually seen so far in the public. My mind always goes to those kind of little pieces of irony and little details that pick up. And I, I find it to be uh, very ironic that if, should the disciplinary committee uh, find, um, let's say, patterns of past behavior being mm. somewhat inculpatory, that his defiance and disobedience in previous disciplinary hearings and orders uh, from uh, the top-down hierarchy uh, when he was so-called one of the good guys right. uh, doing the NIS yes. case is going to be found to be no, it is. a factor in, in terms of determining guilt or innocence here is going to be a pretty interesting situation. Oh, uh, I, I don't know if they're going to consider that president right. necessarily. Um, and you're right, you know, it's a complete irony <laughs> that he should essentially be sort of, you know, accused of, of uh, the same charge, but in a completely different context. Um, but what it comes down to it is that uh, the 
the, the Justice Ministry, um, the ruling party, and possibly the Blue House also, although the president has been very careful not to really sort of express direct views on it. But the fact that he's actually appointed the deputy minister of Ju- Justice Ministry immediately after, you know, Chu went to see him, etc., uh, kind of shows yeah. that they do consider Yun to be a bit of an obstacle in this uh, really important task of prosecutorial reform. There is now this kind of symbolic sort of uh, phenomenon that has occurred where uh, these two figures, Chumie, the Justice Minister, and Yun Seokyeol, have now become avatars for the fight of over prosecutorial reform. And mm-hmm. it has become a very tribalized situation where you, you, there is no kind of middle one. You're either on Chumie's side or you're on Yun Seokyeol's side. Uh, if, it, w- when you see this and, and seeing this battle that's taking place between the two, one, I, I guess uh, for people who are not necessarily emotionally involved in this, this can be very off-putting. But the second thing is you kind of wonder, um, how powerful is the prosecutor general position? Because normally you think of any kind of kumuan or, or civil servant, they serve at the pleasure of the president. And ultimately, you know, there is a top-down approach here. Um, I, I, know, I know that there's always been a perception that the PG is more powerful than the justice minister. But it almost kind of feels to some people who, who have been advocating prosecutorial reform that the prosecutor general seems to be... Is- Almost on par with the president in terms of his ability to wield authority. Absolutely. So, you know, if nothing else, I think this this uh, this ongoing drama has really uh, shown us how powerful this uh, office of prosecution, uh, the the chief of prosecution, is. Um, As you said, for any other public service uh, office the person occupying it would have resigned long ago if something had happened like Mm -hmm, this. mm -hmm. Um, But the fact that Yun has been able to muster all these uh, firepower in terms of all these legal actions that he's been mounting and even sort of coming out uh, sort of being the, the, the favorite as the next presidential candidate for the opposition (laughs) party. I mean, it's just mind boggling, but you know, you mentioned earlier how all these religious groups have come out in support of prosecutorial reform, and they don't always, you know, wade in in this kind of yeah. public debate. And it just shows how seriously and urgently we need this reform. And I'm just really concerned that this, you know, unnecessary brouhaha between these these two personages are really kind of. Um, muddying the waters mm. and making people lose sight of really important reforms. Yeah, there are so many tangents we can go on because you mentioned the um, the religious groups, the Buddhist um, organizations and other groups that have been advocating for prosecutorial reform and now coming out of statements. Kind of highlights also the, the media's role in all this because that really oh, did absolutely. not get a lot of coverage. But then this totally. I weird mean, are, Snoo Life yeah. article where there's these right-wing Seoul National University students are saying that, oh, Yun Se-gyo is the most uh, wonderful alumni of our group and, you know, we, we think Cho looks no, really bad. No, you are bad. right. You know, I do hold... So, it's such an imbalanced coverage because mm. of this prosecutorial beat reporter being so much more powerful than almost any other reporter right now uh, in in print and uh, broadcast media among the traditional I'm media. glad you mentioned it because, you know, we often overlook the role of the media, but uh, especially the conservative media have such a huge role to play in this and have so much blame that they should shoulder. But of, of course, they would never actually uh, take any responsibility for it. But uh, they are really sort of harming... Uh, the society as a whole uh, by the, their coverage and reportage of, of this and really sort of making things much bigger uh, than they are. Uh, yeah, I think one result of the entire 
crazy Choguk situation with 10,000 articles being published every day on, mm, on these allegations, yeah. kind of at least from a significant portion of the population, came to mind that, okay, the, the media definitely has an agenda and they're trying mm. to do something here. And that, that's sort of an awareness now that's been, I think, uh, baked into at least a significant plurality of the uh, population. I, I want to spend the remainder of the time on what you think is going on with the k o n g s u c h a the bill that is trying to finally establish a head of that uh, committee to investigate high-ranking officials. Here's the thing, and I want you to get into the process of what you think is going to happen and and how this is going to affect things going forward, because it's considered a key pillar. We keep talking about 180 seats by the ruling party, and I know there's a a hand-wringing over the fact that the popularity of the president and the uh, ruling party has gone down in Mm -hmm. recent weeks. Mm -hmm. I think it misses the point that people uh, are framing this as, oh, people are getting tired about their reform drive. It is certainly a case where I've noticed with hardcore supporters, they're getting sick and tired of the ruling party being so wimpy and mealy-mouthed about this, saying, we put you in the uh, National Assembly with 180 seats. Do your job. Stop being um, such scaredy-cats and get these reform bills done. And I think a lot of that lack of support also comes from that side. I wonder if you agree. No, I do. Uh, uh, The opposition is claiming that, you know, by kind of pushing this bill through, um, given the almost supermajority is going against, you know, people's will, et cetera, et cetera. But if you recall, it was the opposition party that had fought tooth and nail and just refused to even table their own, you know, uh, amendment bill. While all the while professing that they are in support of prosecutorial reform, but their actions were just very completely the opposite of their words. Um, And so, as you say, I think think people are saying, well, this is why we gave you such a huge majority, because we want you to push through these reforms. But at the same time, this is also what's making, I think, people become really disappointed, um, particularly given the news that uh, we uh, had yesterday and and today with regard to these sort of um, other bills that have been passed. So there's been, what, 125 other bills that are sort of not subject to um, dispute between the parties. But there are other things that the Democratic Party promised as part of the campaign platform to to change things like um, breaking up the monopoly of uh, uh, prosecution of um, unfair competition laws by the Fair Trade Commission. Uh, They actually lied to the Justice Party and kind of tried to take, right, they took took away the the amendment that that was actually going to break the monopoly. And there is also, um, they're dragging their feet on the, the, the company's corporate responsibility for serious accidents. I mean, we still have something like, what, more than 2,000 deaths per year from industrial accidents. I mean, this in a country that's like, you know, 11th largest or whatever it is in the world, it's a shameful statistic. And I think people are slowly becoming um, disillusioned with the Democratic Party itself. And, you know, Always after hubris comes nemesis, and they really need to watch out. Right. Uh, the idea being, uh, and uh, more uh, reform-minded people saying, what was the point of compromising on the bill, like the watering down the uh, FTC bill uh, with the 3% provision being provided to each family member, for example, uh, when you know that the other side is not negotiating in good faith, and you know they're going to be opposing it anyway. So, I mean, do what you were supposed to be elected for. Mm. I think this kind of does away with this image. I know that's, again, framed by conservative media that, 
these are socialist commies that are taking over the country because the DP is definitely a neoliberal centrist party that is <laughs> kind of pretty much down the line. And you would almost consider now maybe with the Overton window, uh, really the, the conservative party of this yeah, part of what, this country. What, what, what they're doing so far has been to sort of represent the, the interests of the Jebel groups, the corporate groups, not very much down on, on the labor, labor groups and, and so forth. Yeah, and so... Voters, and we have to remember, you, you hear a very loud, extreme right wing, but there is also a, a very uh, significant uh, progressive or left wing in this country, and they're mm. remembering all of this mm. right now, and that's going to have consequences mm. going forward. Well, uh, mayoral elections, uh, the presidential yeah. election coming up. Yes, absolutely. So it, it is a very difficult kind of wieldy coalition to rise. But again, today, a very significant day, the disciplinary hearing with Yoon Seok-yeol, uh, potential passage of the revision of the Kong uh, Soo Act. And so uh, we're keeping our eyes on it. And we always appreciate uh, Professor Cho for uh, joining us here uh, with her views on the uh, seminar segment of our program. Thank you so much, as always, and uh, look forward to more uh, seminar topics from you. <laughs> in the future. Thank you. All right. Uh, that was Professor Choi again. We're going to move on to part four of the program. We've got a lot more in store for you. Before we do so, let's have our final check of traffic and weather.